You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff, answering, hopefully, questions that you have been wanting the answers to. If you tuned in last week, you know that we covered world religions. So we took a look at, if you step outside of Christianity, what religions exist in the world. And today we're going to kind of narrow it a little bit. We're going to talk about some some juicy stuff. We're going to talk about cults, which I'm excited for. I think this is always such a fun subject. We're going to get into the different cults that you've probably heard about in um, pop culture today and give you some answers on some questions that maybe you're wondering about what they believe, how they operate, and what exactly they are. So we're going to start um, with one that I never really had a lot of experience with or really knowledge of until I started watching the show Sister Wives. So that's the idea of being Mormon. We're going to talk about Mormonism. Now, I know that that's not exactly a great representation of Mormonism, probably just a small little sect of it. So they probably wouldn't give, claim it. <laughs> so give us, you also watch Sister Wives? I just feel like I've that needs it. to be said. I've seen You've it. seen not a, a lot of Cody it. Fan. No. So let's talk about what exactly Mormonism is. What do they believe? How maybe are they similar to us? And then we're we differ. Yeah, can we come back to that? Because I want to start from a big picture because people often say, well, what's the difference between kind of major sex and religion and what I would refer to as cults mm-hmm. or more recent? Uh, one of them would just simply be time. Most of those major religions like Hinduism or Buddhism or Islam have been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Most cults, Mormonism, the one that we're focusing on now, has only been around for a couple of hundred years. And uh, Walter Martin was a great cult researcher, actually happened to know him pretty well. He's written an incredible book called Kingdom of the Cults, sort of the foremost Bible on what cults believe and how to reach them for Christ. And he would always say that the difference between a cult and a major religion is cults actually take scripture and then they twist it. So much of what you hear from Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Kabbalah, is going to be stuff you go, boy, that... That seems right. Much of that seems, but what they do is they actually take scripture and then they twist it. Where, uh, you know, major religions and sects would have their own Bible and those kinds of things. They they probably wouldn't refer to scripture, though they uphold it. You know, uh, Buddhists would hold to their own teaching and those kinds of things where, where cults would actually take scripture and kind of twist it. So Mormons actually have a different view of God. Uh, again, God for them is somebody that's, you know, kind of become enlightened, become more righteous, more holy in time. He didn't start that way, but he lived sort of a righteous life and then became God. Jesus, they would say, is a God, not God himself, but a God. In fact, if they ever come to your door, they'll often open the Bible and they'll say, in the beginning, John 1, 1, the word was with God and the word was a God. Hmm. So they believe him to be some sort of a created being. Uh, The whole Mormonism started with a guy by the name of Joseph Smith. And this is always a telltale sign Mm -hmm. with regards to cults. And uh, he literally appeared or an angel appeared to him and gave him a new revelation of Scripture. And often cults are that. Hey, we didn't interpret Scripture correctly for the last 2,000 years. Now we have new insight and Mm -hmm. new understanding. It's one of the reasons as we walk through the Apostles' Creed, I'm saying, listen, these truths have been... 
you know, reliable to Scripture for thousands of years, and, and, and the church is held to them. They're, they're good doctrine and theology. Mm -hmm. So anytime somebody has something new, that always concerns me. Mm -hmm. So what about these sweet people always end up on your doorstep, the Jehovah's Witness? And it, it seems like when they give you their material and you have maybe just a couple minute conversation with them that they essentially believe what we believe. So where does it differ? Yeah, again, they would say Jesus is not God. They don't hold to the Trinity. Uh, they come from a, an organization that actually started with a guy by the name of Russell, but now they've developed what they call the Jehovah, the Watchtower. Part of their responsibility, and the same is true with Mormons, is as they sort of become workers. It's always this idea of works-based salvation. So when they come to your door, they think they're earning their way to heaven. Yeah. Uh, Mormons become sort of missionaries, if you will. Jehovah's Witnesses are, are working to make their way to what they would call heaven or uh, you know, the elect, the elite, so to speak. And uh, constantly they're working toward that. So they would hold that Jesus was, again, a God, but you and I are God. You and I can all become God. Uh, they would hold to a different understanding of a, a non-triune God as well. And again, they all think they have a special revelation that for thousands of years Christians didn't, didn't have, but now uh, they have. So would both ascribe to the Bible and then plus their own stuff? Exactly. Okay. In fact, I would say this. You've got to be careful with that. I would say this. They would ascribe to their own interpretation of the Bible. Okay. So Mormons would hold to the Bible plus the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price. Jehovah's Witnesses would say, listen, we hold to the Bible, but our interpretation of it and Jehovah the Watchtower and all of the teaching of Russell and those kinds of things. Uh, and again, it's just very subtle but there's often this divergent opinion that would lead you away from the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God, mm -hmm. that ultimately he paid a substitutionary death for us on the cross. They would hold to this idea that you have to have faith in God, not in Jesus, because he mm -hmm. was a created being. In fact, they, Jehovah's Witnesses think that he was the archangel Michael, mm -hmm. and, and that's actually who he was to them. But they would hold to this idea of having faith in God plus your works get you to heaven. So how would, let's say, because I do think that these are maybe a little bit more common or around us that people listening might have someone in their family who's Mormon or someone they know, a friend. Um, where would you go in terms of a faith conversation with them? If you're, if you're wanting them to maybe see what you believe and how that's different from them, if you're wanting to maybe reach them for Christ, where do you begin a conversation yeah. like that. Again, I, I think there's some great books. Um, Walter Martin, uh, Kingdom of the Cults would be one place I'd go because his desire is for us to have the ability to lead mm -hmm. people to faith in Jesus Christ. I think the best place to go, and, and, and Walter Martin would sort of play this out, is John chapter 1. Mm -hmm. You've got to get them to agree that Jesus was God. Mm -hmm. If they don't, they don't hold to a triune God. Everything from there begins to fall apart. So I would encourage them to come back to that and to the truth of that. Um, but I would always say, I, I think the critical thing for believers in Jesus Christ is know what you believe. Um, mm -hmm. You know, somebody that studied counterfeit money would always say, it's not that I want to know what the counterfeit is. What I want to know is the original. If I know the original, then I can tell you what a counterfeit is. And Walter Martin used to always say, and I agree with him on this, that the average Christian can be torn apart by the average person trained in a cult in 30 minutes at your front door because we don't know what we believe. Mm -hmm. so, so the most critical thing, I think, 
is that believers in Jesus Christ know what they believe. It's one of the reasons we're walking through the Apostles' Creed. Know what we hold to, then you can begin to spot the counterfeit and, and work from there. All right, let's get into some more fun ones. These ones have been more popular as of late. Celebrities have been very into these lately. Kabbalah. Yeah. What do Madonna, believe? Madonna really <laughs> follows Kabbalah. Is that the red bracelet one? Yes, that's okay. the red bracelet one. Uh, again, their teaching, Kabbalah just simply means this idea of enlightenment, understanding, those kinds of things. Again, it actually traces back to Judaism um, hmm. and, and, and has its roots in that. In fact, at one point in time, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just saying, listen, Scripture's been revealed to us, so, so that idea was good. But then there came along this idea of a new revelation, and it was revealed to only a certain segment of people and those kinds of things. It actually uses a lot of the occult. It actually uses a lot of other things along with it. But it's really rooted in Judaism, denies, uh, obviously, Christ as Savior and Lord of our lives, those kinds of things, and just becomes, again, a works-based salvation. Actually, they got some kind of radical beliefs that they hold to, but again cultic in nature. All right, Scientology. Yeah. The most fun one. Is this this is the Tom Cruise. Yeah, do you remember when he got into that debate with Matt Lauer on the Today yes. Show and uh, Yeah, it, it's actually started by a guy by the name of L. Ron Hubbard and 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 again, the idea of it was simply this is that you and I somehow have these things that hold us back. And, and usually it's past memories, past consciousness that you and I have all been created to be a God. And if we can somehow rid ourselves of these bad past memories and get good energy, then you and I can become the God we were created to be. The problem with it is every step of becoming godlike costs you an exorbitant amount of hmm. money. In fact, L. Ron Hubbard has made millions of dollars off of Scientology. One of the reasons you mostly hear of celebrities involved in this cost an incredible amount of money to be involved in this religion. So uh, again, it's sort of this old idea of somehow that you need to be further enlightened. If you can get rid of bad past memories, you're already a god. So just embrace that, get rid of this, pay some money, and uh, you can remove some of those barriers for you becoming god. Hmm. So what would you say if we kind of wrap up this idea of cults and all of those things? Because obviously they are, people are attracted to them. I mean, they're vulnerable to them. They fall into them, it seems like. So what makes people vulnerable yeah. to that? I, I think it's anything with regards to Christianity. I think sometimes we can move this way even within Orthodox Christianity because I think we chase sometimes after experience. We're looking for the next thrill. We're looking for the next high. We're looking for the newest thing. And I'm convinced that Christianity is kind of this idea of being rooted and based in the truth of God's word, fallen in love daily in Jesus. There's a sense in which there's discipline involved in the Christian life. And somehow there has to be contentment in that. I think anytime we look outside of that or we look for a new experience or we look for new revelation because we're chasing after that, I think that's a dangerous place to be. I, I think we've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ and his word and be content in that. I think that was one of the most helpful things um, I learned probably right when I started to minister that faith is not feeling and just because you can't feel it or it's not this huge emotional experience doesn't mean that God is any less at work or any less involved in what's going on. It just 
moves in in waves. Yeah, exactly. And I I think it's always our, our feelings always have to be grounded and rooted in fact mm-hmm. that they do because feelings change with the weather, feelings change with boredom, those kinds of things. And if we chase after feeling, it usually doesn't end good for us. Mm-hmm. So. I just think to be rooted and grounded in the word is critical. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Hopefully that gave you a little interesting insight into maybe things that you've been wondering about. We hope that you tune in next week. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.